Boom. Hello and welcome to the Protector Nation podcast, a podcast that is dedicated to making the world a better place, making the world a safer place by making good people dangerous. In this podcast, we're going to study and understand what it takes to protect, to protect your family, to protect your loved ones, because we all know that you have a few basic needs, food, water, and shelter, but you also have the need to protect those things. In a world and society where evil runs rampant and is sometimes left unchecked, learning how to protect yourselves and your loved ones is becoming more and more important. And so we strive to raise the level of accountability to those who would do evil on this planet by making sure that the sheep, that the flock, is more well-versed in protecting themselves and their loved ones. If that sounds interesting to you, then sit back and enjoy the show. Out. Boom, what's going on, you guys? Byron Rogers here. For this episode, we went on ahead and uh, were able to have a conversation with Ryan Tillman. Uh, he is amazing. Um, he has a company called Bridging Barriers. Uh, they have been changing the world. He does a lot of work, <clears throat> as he is a law enforcement officer himself, all about really exposing the good and bad sides of law enforcement from the inside out. It's powerful work. Um, but it's really all about having real conversations about law enforcement, what's taking place, what happens from their perspective. And he's been on both sides of the coin, you know, as a young man, you know, uh, uh, not wanting to join law enforcement and then, you know, eventually end, ending up in the job. So it's a pretty awesome ex experience, this conversation about everything around law enforcement and, you know, professional protectors. I consider them professional protectors as well. So sit back. Uh, listen up, enjoy the ride. We had a few technical difficulties at the beginning of the uh, conversation, um, but all you really missed was the intro. So here's your intro. And uh, uh, I can't wait for you guys to listen to this and get feedback, man, because Ryan truly is an amazing human being. And this is an awesome conversation. Enjoy out. The entrepreneurial lifestyle is what I wanted to do. And so, um, you know, when I got out of college, I met my, met my wife, we ended up getting married. Uh, she got pregnant. And at the time, I think I was just selling like insurance and doing, uh, I was working at Abercrombie and Fitch, believe it or not. So I hated I that job. That. <laughs> uh, awesome. So my dad's room was like, man, you need to be a police officer. And I was like, man, I'm not doing that. I'm not working yeah. as a man. I'm not about to be a pig just because I had some bad interactions prior to that. And right. so I prayed about it and God just kind of just showed me and opened the door and said, Hey, you know what? No, this is what I want you to do. And so it's nice. kind of funny because when I became a police officer or actually, you know, when I was going through the training process and through the academy and in the FTO program, I still didn't know if this is what I wanted to do. I was kind of still like, man, like, no, nah, I'm good. Like, I feel like I'm messing with people every time I pull somebody over, yada, yada, yada. So um, uh, it wasn't until I got on my own as a police officer, as a solo, a solo officer that I really started seeing what my purpose in life was. And that was really to go out there, shed some light on the profession and then be able to show the good and the bad of a profession. And so I think that's kind of why my name, I guess you can say, has started to grow a little bit just because what I do is very unique. Um, and so I, and there's a lot more people that I do it now. But when I first started doing it, there wasn't a lot of people in the space of exposing some of the bad sides of the law enforcement, but at the same time exposing the good. So that's kind of yeah. how I got into the profession. No, that's awesome. And I think it's really important, you know, to take a minute and be like, you know, you expose both sides the good and the bad, you know what I'm saying? Because I know you get them too. The trolls be up on there talking about, you know, this is all just one-sided. Like, right. I don't know. I know my brand's about truth. So I don't know. What would you say to that, man? What would you say to the to them out there that, are, that think that you're just one-sided? So it's funny. I just posted a video today 
uh, about, you know, the, the disadvantages of defunding police. And I posted a whole bunch of videos yeah. and, and, and the reality is that not every single one of those videos is attributed to being the, the law enforcement being defunded, but really more so what it's about is just delegitimizing law enforcement. And when you create a society that feels that they can do whatever they want, whenever they want to police, to the community, to innocent victims in the city, then that's where the problem has. And that's where a lot of this whole, um, I brought the defunding part back up because it's, a deleg it's delegitimizing what we do. And so I say to people all the time, I look, you know, I I'm not here to make everybody agree with me. You know, I don't want you to everybody to always agree with me, because if I wanted everybody to agree with me, then I'd be doing a disservice to everybody. I'd be falling into the trap of what everybody else wants for us right now. Everybody wants you right. to pick a side, either your left or your right. right. And there's no in between. And so all I want people oh. to be able to do is just think outside the box, like find, do your research, find, you know, the, the education or the information behind whatever it is that's stirring you up and then formulate your own opinion. But don't formulate an opinion just because somebody has over a million followers and you like what they had to say. And so now their opinion is my opinion. No, go out there, do your own research um, and then come back and formulate an opinion. And, and don't be afraid to share whether it's left or right. And right. sometimes you'll realize like as human beings, we all should re realistically fall somewhere in the middle because there's not, we're not all going to believe the same way on one issue and we're not yeah. all going to be believe the same way on another issue. So realistically, yeah. we should all be by default falling in the middle or right. falling into this trap to where you got to pick a side. And so I kind of think it's funny when trolls troll me and say, you know, you're, you're left or you're right. It's like, obviously either a, you ain't been following me that long because I've taken right, right. from people in law enforcement because they didn't agree with what I said. Or yep. B, you're just trolling. You have nothing better to do, and you probably at home in mom's basement waiting for the meatloaf. So it is yeah, 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 waiting for the meatloaf, drinking on your <laughs> big gulp, talking to crap, talking crap to people online, man. No, I couldn't agree more. No, that's good, man. And uh, I think that higher truth comes from disagreement. You know, so like whenever somebody opposes one of my views, I'm always like, okay. You know, why do you think that? Now, if they're a troll, they only have like one bar. You know what I'm saying? Like they only got like one line. They go drop like some tagline they heard on the news. And then I'll ask, <laughs> them, you know, like, why do you think that? Or how could I dealt with it better? Or what, how, what could I have said better? Then they usually run off. But I look forward to those people who are free thinkers and that have an alternate opinion because, you know, I can learn something from anybody, man. And that's what I think. Absolutely. The real ones are all about, you know, and I look forward to those opportunities. Absolutely, man. And if you can't listen to somebody that thinks differently than you, then you're just as much a part of the problem. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. It's hard to like there are some times where somebody will be like saying something that is just <laughs> a feel. Yeah. But at least listen to them. You know, it's funny. I just yeah. started this new thing called Common Hero Project. And if okay. you guys haven't subscribed, please go to commonheroproject.org. And I put out a lot of good personal self-development stuff. And on one of the issues, I think it was issue two, we talked about how to better communicate with people. And one of the things I highlighted was, is if go and find somebody that has a different opinion than what you do and just yeah. listen to them. And before you respond with your own opinion, try to find a way to meet them in the middle or at least empathize with them to say, okay, you know, I could try to understand where you're coming from and I can see where you may have got to this place, but this is what I think about it. If you have a, a response like that, you're already doing better than the average person because majority of people, what they do is as you're talking to them, they're already formulating a response right. without actually truly listening to what that person right. has to say. So right. you also got to like the, the Bible says, man, be, be quick to listen and slow to, slow speak. to speak. And that's for a reason, because, mm -hmm. you know, you got to be very you got to be in tune to what people are saying to you before you always are ready to shoot off the hip, because sometimes yep. you shoot off the hip, man, it might get you into trouble. 
Right. And you might not actually know what their argument was because you were looking for angles the entire time. It's a common problem. Like everybody suffers from this in some level. Like you like when I was getting my psychology degree, like the first class was active listening. And what I find to be very effective to gain rapport with that person, disarm that person and actually lead it to an actual constructive conversation is regurgitate back to them in their in your own words what they just said. Now, if you can tell them what they just said in your own words, you prove understanding and then the conversations fit to move forward. You know, that's and and then you actually start to bridge those barriers and have that like, okay, this person heard me. Now they're going to offer some intelligent response, you know, and now you're getting somewhere, man. Now, that's good stuff. And with everything in the media and the world trying to push us all so far apart and trying to be like, no, these people are crazy over here. Because if you listen to any any one news station, you'll be convinced the other side is straight terrorists. Bro, you'll be convinced, bro. you know, you're like they have got to be crazy. It's like, no, they're just pushing us apart because if we're not together, man, we're weaker. And that's the case. Exactly. Exactly. You know, that's what's dangerous, man. So that's what's up, man. How did you get into this whole uh, bridging barriers thing like where'd that come from so um when i got into so back up before i became a police officer i told you guys yeah. i didn't really like law enforcement yeah, I, like i said i had some bad experiences with law enforcement my family did and so just like majority of the population i came into the profession with all these you know preconceived notions of what law enforcement truly was you know i thought that yeah. you know it was militarized i thought that you know these everybody that was in a profession got picked on in high school so they became cops so they can pick on everybody else, everybody else. The nerds exactly. so <laughs> that, that, these are all the things that were going to my mind and so when i became a police officer like it immediately started to switch my perception just because i was now the one out there enforcing the laws and doing things that weren't the popular opinion so as that started yeah. to happen i am never forget it was right around the time that freddie gray uh, not Freddie Gray, um, Michael Brown was killed in Ferguson. Yeah. And my mom and I had a conversation. My mom was like, you know, I was thinking like, what would my son have done in that situation? And then she said, after thinking about it, I realized like he probably would have did the same exact thing as that officer. But I know you're a loving husband, a loving son, a loving brother and all the other stuff. And you would have done it just because you wanted to come home at night, not because you're out there just trying to take an innocent man's life. Right. And so when she said that, it kind of got me thinking. I was like, man, the only reason she's able to think that way is because she's not looking me at me as an officer. She's looking at me as her pumpkin, which is right. what she called me growing up. And right. so it kind of made me realize, like, everybody out there has a pumpkin in their life. You know what I mean? Yeah. And when you look at the person behind the badge, it almost makes you start to develop a little bit more empathy for what they do and understand what they do a little bit more as opposed to automatically throwing shade their way. So yeah. I was like, man, I need to go out there and really start sharing with the rest of the world what law enforcement truly is. But mm -hmm. if I'm going to do it, I also have to be able to, uh, to call a spade a spade and, and acknowledge when we screw up because that's the first step down those barriers is by being able to be transparent and, and try to mend those gaps. And so that's kind of what started. So I, I started doing presentations in churches, which led to schools, from schools that led to police departments, from police departments that led to, you know, uh, corporate. And then from there, it just, one thing led after another, man. And I start, you know, people start, my phone started going off the hook. And so I really started feeling like, you know, actually I realized from God, I was like, man, I, I have truly, I believe on my God ordained path because yeah. God has created the path of least resistance for me and creating opportunities for me to go out there and change the way people view law enforcement. So um, it, it, that doesn't say that there hasn't been any struggles or diversity. I've definitely had my fair share of opposition, but you know, my faith in Christ is what's allowed me to push through that adversity and stay true to what his calling was for my life. Yep. 
That's what's up, man. Nah, man, it's something that I, I'd be sprinkling in the message, man. I'm glad that you 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 cat you uh, capitalized on that because for me, it's the exact same thing, bro. Like I got out of the Marine Corps and I was like, what am I going to do, father? You know, like uh, I can I can hold a gun for somebody. Uh, I just fought in a war, like, but what am I going to do? You know, and it's like, I got to find my purpose. And I remember him just being like, hey, you're going to go bounce here. You're going to become a bodyguard. You're going to travel the world. Mm. And I was like, oh, thanks. Like, got it. I was like, you know, and, and my girlfriend at the time was like, you do not need to become a bouncer. Cause she knew what that meant for her. Right. <laughs> she knew it was about to be a rap. And I was like, look, you know, and she was a new Christian. And I just told her, I was like, and it was really Jesus-y, which is really funny. Cause I didn't mean for it to be Jesus-y. I just was telling her <laughs> what I meant to say was, which was, listen, I know this voice. It's guided me my whole life. I was like, all I ask is that when it happens, the way I've told you it's going to happen is that you believe. Like, and mm. I ain't trying to make this too churchy, but like, this is literally no, what happened. It's true. Like, I just have to give credit where credit's due. It's so true. then I go, I, yeah, man, like I go bounce three months. I'm just being a good dude, busting some tables because like, I'm trying to just be a good dude. Two dudes pick me up. Uh, one dude pulls me aside, basically says, hey man, you're getting out of the Marine Corps. Go get these permits and uh, I'll show you how to make a lot more money doing what you're doing. I blink, I'm on a, I'm on a job interview in the back of a Bentley and Rodeo Drive, meeting my first client. And, you know, 60 some odd countries in my first year, I'm 21 making six figures. And that's the only job I've ever had as an adult, as an adult ever, you know? Hey, I'm going I'm to I'm uh, go ahead and uh, put an app in tonight, bro. I'm going yeah. to submit my two weeks tomorrow. Hey, that it's it's an emerging. It's one of the top five emerging industries right now, man, is private security. So no, I know. I know. Up. Yes. It is. So, so wait till we wait till we have a, a private a conversation private here, man. I, you're gonna love what I um, what you have here. So outstanding. And if you guys are trying to get in, I have a school. I teach people how to get into executive protection. Go to training day, executive protection training day.com. I'm all about plugs, homie. So if you want to plug anything while we talk and plug away, man. I already yeah. dropped one plug earlier. Yeah, so yeah, anytime, man. <laughs> That's what's up. So yeah, man. Uh I just wanted to say basically, it's very important just for all the listeners, like. Purpose adds gravity to your life. It adds boundaries to your life. It, it, it's it's like finding the love of your life in many ways. But you, it takes faith. You got to court this thing. You've got to learn what's really in, what God put inside you. It's like a seed that's got a forest inside inside of it. You have to plant that seed. You got to work that seed, and he'll he'll really show it to you. But um, when he said just now, when when Ryan said just now, like, hey, it was like I found my purpose and doors start opening. You know, it's really really. Uh, basically he who has a why can 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 endure anyhow you know what i'm saying it's a really important thing for you to find and if you don't find your purpose in life you'll find that you'll be mesmerized by entertainment you know what i'm saying and that's how you your life slips away it slips away and then you don't realize what you're losing so there's that message i just had to drop that in there because we on it yeah right the bars right now dropping yeah, bars man, i love it heavy, brother i love already, it man that's what's up i love it so that's beautiful, man. The work is beautiful. Uh, what would you say to, well, let's see here. When you say on your website, the future lies with the, with the youth, talk about that a little bit and your motivation for some of this messaging. So there's a quote, I'm probably going to butcher this right now because I haven't used it in a while. Yeah. Um, but there's a quote by Frederick Douglass and it's something to the effect of, and again, so if you guys are out there watching me before you start going to correct me all with attitude, I'm telling y'all now, I'm probably going to butcher this. But it goes something along the lines of, you know, the, the men today, like it, it's too it's almost too late to try to change the hearts of men today at an older age. 
But if you can go back and basically change and, and, and infiltrate the hearts and minds of the youth, then now you can start to change a generation. And so what I started to understand was, is I'm not saying I'm not losing hope in adults. I'm not losing hope. You can't lose hope in adults. But what I'm realizing right. is that they're going to be our leaders are going to be our presidents they're going to be our police officers they're going to be the executives of these security companies tomorrow and if we're not really teaching the youth the right way right now then we're doing them a disservice because ultimately when they do start to take over we're going to be decades behind the the eight ball just because we raise them in the wrong way and so I, I try to devote a lot of my time to the youth simply because they need to hear it from somebody that doesn't really come from a biased place. And some people are going to say, well, you are biased because you're a police officer. Well, you got to realize I'm a police officer that never forgot where he came from. I'm a police officer that remembered the bad experiences that I have with law enforcement. I'm a police officer that realizes that all police officers are human beings. And so you got to realize is even though I do carry a badge, I do carry a gun, it doesn't mean I forgot where I've come from. And because of that, it allows me to try to give you information from an unbiased place. And so with that being said, I would rather be the one that gives you the information that you need to know so that way the youth can carry that on as opposed to somebody that saw somebody with 2 million views and they said something about law enforcement. And now they take that as word as bond, but they actually have no experience whatsoever in the field. You know, I tell this to people all the time is like, you know, if I go on a basketball court right now and I've never played basketball in my life, but I'm playing with you who this is what you do professionally. I'm not going to go out there and tell you, hey, Brian, man, you should have dropped low and I dropped you to dime. You should do it that way. Like, no, and you would look at me like I was crazy because he's like, no, bro, this is what I do. Same thing in security. I'm not going to come into your security detail and start saying, hey, you know, maybe we should do this, 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 and that when you when I have no experience here. And so I think what we do, unfortunately, as people is we start to, you know, try to tell other people how to do their job without actually having true experience. And so my goal is to just to go out there, educate the 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 youth. So that way tomorrow when uh, they start to grow older, they start to understand, you know, and they can make uh, you know, better objective decisions as opposed to, you know, being so, you know, biased on one side or the other. Boom, I'm back. So check it out, man. Now, what you said was fire. Uh, I couldn't agree more. Uh, you said something twice so far that I want to capitalize on was the whole like understanding that behind the badge is a person. This is so important. I think that if we really, really look into what prejudice is, is prejudging someone based on based on what we see on their external side of them, on, on their skin or on their culture, on whatever it is. Oh, that's a veteran. He must have PTSD. Oh, that's a cop. So he must be this way. You know, oh, that's a, a female dressed like this, da, 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 whatever it is, whatever it is. I find it really interesting that it's like people want to judge these large bodies of human beings based on what they want to believe about what they're wearing. And it's just like, don't, don't mess around and become the thing that you hate. You know what I'm saying? Like don't mess around and, and be prejudiced and prejudge people on their appearances and become the thing that you guys supposedly stand against. Because what I'm saying is, you know, this whole all policemen are this, that, and the next thing, or once they see you wearing a uniform, they think you're a certain way. And I'm saying that's prejudice, man. That's prejudice at its best. If I see a veteran and I think he's got PTSD off the bat, or if I see somebody dressed a certain way, somebody of a certain skin color, and I judge them, my main thing is, man, don't mess around and become the thing that you guys supposedly hate. You know what I'm saying? Don't mess around and get and get seduced by the media to become exactly what it is that you, you're trying to stand against. And there's no 
group on the planet that's above reproach, man. There's good and bad apples in every single bunch. There's like Christians that'll that'll feed you and and take you in and and that'll 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 put clothes on your back. And then there's Christians that'll kill you. There's Muslims that'll take you in and put clothes on your back. And then there's Muslims that will blow you up. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> there, there, there's veterans that'll fight and die for you. For you will be like, why did you do that? And you'd be like, this that's what we do. And then there's other veterans that are on the street corner, unfortunately. You know what I mean? And the same is with black people and white people and everybody man so what you said in there that that caught my attention you said it twice was you know your mom realized that there's a heart behind that badge that there's a human behind that badge and i and i think it's beautiful because what you do is you help people realize and see that and i'm the same way man i just want people to realize that we're humans you know we're trying to do this thing and i don't care what group you belong to your group has perfection and imperfection in it you know what i'm saying because that's our nature you know so that's beautiful 100 <laughs> What would you say about politics and policing these days? So, so you know, uh, th there is a place for politics in policing, but you, we got to be smart about it. And this is what I mean. Yeah. The reason there is a place for politics in policing is because politics ultimately shape the way we do our job. And so when you have politicians out there that are lobbying to push new bills forward and this, this and that, um, obviously that's going to force their hand into our profession. But at the same time, we got to be smart at how we introduce politics into the profession. So one of the things that I've seen a lot that gets me very frustrated is we have a lot of politicians that will make, make knee-jerk reactions because of an emotional video or emotional situation that's gone viral. You know, you'll see a video like the one, we'll take the one from Columbus, Ohio, where the officer shot and killed a 13-year-old girl that was approaching the other girl with a knife. And so when that happens... Everybody is going off because they're upset to see what's going on. They're upset to see an officer kill this 13 year old girl. Yeah, so you start to see um, politicians are saying, oh, well, we now we got to pass this law or now we got to do this or now we got to do that. And it's like we haven't even let the investigation play out. So yes. how are we going to sit here and start trying to pass all these laws based off of an emotional feeling that we have or because somebody's putting political pressure on you to make a decision? And so I think I made a Twitter post probably about a couple of weeks ago or a week ago where I said something to the effect of if you want to be on a police accountability or review board, you should be required to volunteer time and go to citizens academies and also go on a few ride alongs before you can make those decisions. And the reason I said that is because. How are you supposed to make an educated, informed decision about law enforcement when you have no clue of what actually happens when officers pull out of the gates to their departments and go out there and patrol your streets? And so this is something that I've learned myself. And so do I think there is a place for politics in policing? Yes. Again, because it coincides a lot of the laws that we have that they're trying to pass. But at the same time, we got to be wise and smart in how we do it. I'm so tired of seeing people breaking to political pressures just for the, because everybody else is getting loud and saying, hey, you guys need to fire this guy. You guys need to do this. We actually saw that in Atlanta where the officer or the, the, the mayor and the city manager put so much pressure on the chief of police to fire that guy after he had uh, shot Rashard Brooks. But Rashad Brooks was in the wrong. He was completely in the wrong. And so they gave him his job back. But you've already defamed this man without even actually giving him a real chance. And again, so that's what happens when you start moving politics into policing for the wrong reasons. Yeah, no, I, I would have to agree, man. That's it's uh, it's interesting that everything that happens now is just like a tool for politics, man. And uh, something you said earlier that kind of definitely got my attention is, you know, you wouldn't come to me and tell me how to do my job, you know? 
And I wouldn't go to a doctor like, and I, I think I dropped this in a video a little while back. I was like, I wouldn't go to a neuroscientist and be like, yo, why are you cutting this dude's skull open? I like, saw that. Doing? I yeah. saw that. <laughs> I was like, like, you wouldn't go to an accountant and be like, you know what you need to, you, yo, you need to drop the zero and add some decimal points. You know, I see this on TV this one time. You, know? like, <laughs> you can't do that, man. These guys are professionals. They have training. They spend their life doing this. They understand, you know, the 21 foot rule. They understand rules of engagement. They understand all these things and so i think one of the problems we have now man is the public is staring at content that they don't understand and they're trying to make judgment calls and then that mob mentality is kicking in and they're like you know they want blood and it's like well you don't understand why he did what he did you don't understand what you're looking at you know what i'm saying and then it just and then obviously it all gets leveraged for the wrong reasons man what would you say to people who've had bad experiences with law enforcement so I, I'm going to use this example. Yeah. And part of it is very cohesive to the question you just asked me. But mm -hmm. part of it is not. And, I, and I, you guys understand what I what I mean when I answer this question. But my initial response to that is like, you know, if I went to Cheesecake Factory and I use that because I, I love freaking Cheesecake Factory. It's like my That's spot. Hook, yeah. But if I went to Cheesecake Factory tonight and I got some terrible service, some bad, bad service then I'm not going to stop coming to Cheesecake Factory because I got bad service. Yeah. And so if you've gotten a bad experience with law enforcement, that doesn't mean that you just stop trusting law enforcement because you've had one single bad experience with law enforcement officer. But on the flip side of this, this is where the accountability piece comes in. What I do recognize is that the difference between Cheesecake Factory and law enforcement is that one bad experience of law enforcement could cost a person their life or it could hurt them very, very badly. And so I have to acknowledge that and say that we don't have that leeway to make those crucial mistakes because I'm not going to lose my life at Cheesecake Factory because I got bad service, but I could lose my life in law enforcement because I got a bad officer. So on one hand, I say don't lose trust in the system because of one person. But on the other end, for my law enforcement officers out there, is we have to be able to, you know, hold ourselves accountable and be above that standard that people set for us because we do have such a critical and crucial profession that, you know, people put their faith and trust in. Yeah, 100%. 100%, man. That's a beautiful analogy. You handle that real well, man. That's good. Um, yeah, and for me, it just goes back to people are imperfect, you know, but with your profession, you're held at a higher standard because what you're doing is so important, you know, and I just really want to see respect and honor come back to our society, man. You know, I feel like we live in a society where nothing's sacred, man, and there's nothing to me more beautiful than just being respectful, you know, and being like, I've avoided so much trouble and so much harm from my life by just leading with respect and avoided a lot of trouble because sometimes you just don't know who you're talking to. You know, we all think we're bad and sometimes you don't realize like anybody can take you out, man. So man, I, I, I have I have a shirt actually. Yeah. That is in here and it, it says lead with love, empathy, and respect. If you do those three things, three things, it can change everything. It's not that hard. Lead with love. Lead with the empathetic heart. Mm -hmm. And leave with respect. You do those three things, we can change this whole entire country. But the problem is, is that we're lacking in each one of those areas. Yeah. You know, we're not loving folks as we should. You know what I mean? We're not, you know, empathizing with people, even though we can't relate to them. You can empathize with a person that you can't relate to. 
You can influence. And then lastly, we're not respecting people. You know, my dad always taught me. He says, hey, look, everybody like you, your mom, your dad, your sister, your brother, or anybody else. And you do that by respecting them. And so if we just do those three things, three things, we can literally change the current state of affairs, not just in our country, but the world. No, I agree 100%. I think part of the issue is that it takes a lot of strength to do those things. I think it takes a lot of knowing who you are to do those things. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, I've heard it said that it's hard to love someone in ways that you don't love yourself. You know what I mean? So like you can't usually won't treat people better than you treat yourself for long. So I think um, and then leading with empathy, you know, like you have to be kind of grounded to be like, yo, Where's this other person coming from? You can't be coming from an insecure space to leave your space and then go into their world and be like, hey, like I'll shine a flashlight in here and see where you're at. Like what's yep. going on? People are afraid to understand other people because they think it'll pollute their mind. Yeah, I mean, I think people are afraid of truth sometimes um, and respect. You know, you got to have self-respect to give respect, man. So I think Absolutely. actually, I mean, if I was going to go deeper, I'd say, you know, our values as a culture may have been rocked. And so I, I think it's it's very foreign for people, unless you've been raised kind of the way it sounds like we've been raised, <laughs> you know, to default to that. You know, it's something we have yeah. to kind of I think it's why you're so important, actually, right now, man. Both of us, man, both of us. Major, what do you think the biggest struggle facing law enforcement is right now? I would just say the loss of legitimacy. And this is what I mean by that, is like when you devalue law enforcement for what it truly is, you will really start to have a a lawless society. So when you pull over somebody for, you know, a speeding ticket and they're like, I'm not going to sign it because you're nobody important, then that's scary because now you have nobody that has any type of accountability to anybody. And so when we continue to tarnish the image of what law enforcement represents, then you start to slowly delegitimize an entity that was really put in place to kind of protect and and, and help people out. Now, you're going to have those that say, well, law enforcement was started from a corrupt and place and all this other stuff and, you know, patrol slaves and all all this other stuff. I get it. But law enforcement has since evolved. And when somebody says systematically, you know, law enforcement is racist, I can't get behind that just because that would mean that I'm a part of a systematically racist system, which would mean that somebody within my profession would tell me that I need to go out there and pull over a certain amount of blacks and Hispanics, all this other stuff. I'm still waiting on that training. So I kind of, you know, debunked that theory right then and there. But for the most part, you know, the delegitimizing part is what's dangerous because we are seeing the effects of what is happening when people don't care about, um, you know, anybody else that, you know, order and law and order. Exactly. And so I I just, again, I posted that video today. And when I posted that video, uh, I was just talking about, this is what happens when you start delegitimizing law enforcement. So that's why we got to be careful. We have to realize and understand that law enforcement is an important entity for our communities. Uh, We can definitely get better, but the the more and more we start to shed light or show you know, that law enforcement is this, law enforcement is that, then more and more people are going to start getting taken advantage of. Yup. And, you know, coming from my perspective as a dude who like, like, I mean, like what I do is travel the world and work with different law enforcement agencies all over the world. I can tell you right now, there's a lot of people from other countries and when we're sitting there talking about how corrupt our cops are, 
they are dying laughing. You know, like I know my, Mex- my Mexican homies are like, oh, you guys got corrupt cops. <laughs> like, bro, they, they think it's all- bro you, go, you go to another country, bro. Them, them dudes, Y'all need like- some passports, man. Y'all oh, need to get some stamps in your passports. Everybody's for sale when you leave man. the United Oh man, like yeah. what is it like? I think it's like six percent of Americans actually have passports. I'm sitting there looking at these people. Like you think these cats, like you have no idea how this how stuff works outside of this country, man. Like you think our cops are corrupt, man. Bro. Shoot, but it, it blows my mind, you know. And it, I've been to countries, you know. I've fought in wars in countries where there is actual lawlessness, you know, and there is actual anarchy. And I'm gonna tell you right now, man. Like especially social justice warriors, for sure don't want that to be the case because no when that happens might makes right and and your stuff becomes my stuff and it's just like nothing you can do about like like right and wrong don't matter nope, anymore so nobody's showing up yeah like if you're sitting there trying to be like i'm gonna tell this officer what he's doing is wrong and officers need to get me funded like understand that like if that happened tomorrow and there were no more cops, because you guys are better than me. You guys are better than me. Once they started hating on, on cops, if I was in charge of cops, I'd be like, you know what? I'm sorry. We haven't done a good job. I'm going to take 30 days off and I'm going to let y'all figure it out. I'm going to let y'all figure it out. And I would make the public beg me to come back. Bro. But all the good, there's a lot of good people that would suffer. So it's a good thing that I ain't in charge. Bro, but that's I'm what trying I to tell do. you. I'm trying to walk. And we've already kind of seen that in, in some ways, just because yeah. there have been some agencies where law enforcement officers have started to stop being proactive. And I, and I can't blame them because when you're afraid to go out there and pull lose somebody over for what could happen, lose my career, go to jail or something like that, you got to start weighing the, the risk versus reward. You know what I mean? And so those areas where law enforcement officers have started being less proactive, you're, you're starting to see a, a reflection in the crime statistics. It's gone like right now. Yes. And I hate when people try to justify like, oh, well, you know, the reason crime has gone up is because of COVID-19 and everybody being in the house with each other. Like that might have something to do with it. But let me tell you, the reason crime is going up right now is because we have delegitimized law enforcement. There is lawlessness. People don't care no more. There are no consequences. If I can go out there and commit a crime today and be out in two hours, but of course, everybody's going to go out there and work because there's no behind it. And this stuff is facts, I'm telling people, because I see yep. it day in, day out. Every single day when I go to work and I've taken somebody to jail and I see him a couple hours later, that's the crime. That's the crime or that's the system right now that we've all created. We've allowed people to go in there, don't even care. They can care less. I've seen yep. the worst of the worst yep. go in there, be out a couple days later. Now, I'm not saying there shouldn't be yep. some rehabilitation tied to all this stuff. Like, I, I am all about rehabilitation just because I have some really good friends that have done some really heinous crimes or heinous crimes. And they have been rehabilitated and they are way more effective now to the community than they were before they went into prison. But at the same time, some of these people are not rehabilitated yet. So if you're not rehabilitated yet and I let you out, do you think that that person automatically is just going to stop doing crime because they were arrested and they got out a couple hours later? Absolutely not. They're going to get empowered. Exactly. They're going (laughs) to feel empowered because they're going to be like, oh, man, that's it. That's all I got. Boom. I'm about about to go out there and steal another 80 inch TV. Yeah, real talk, man. I had a homie who they arrested the same guy. It was like three or four times in the same day for trying to steal cars and they couldn't hold him in jail. They couldn't keep him. And he kept on getting out and he kept hitting a new car, kept getting caught, kept getting out. They finally got to take him to jail because he attempted he attempted murder later on that night. Like he was just it was just doing the most. And then he tried to kill someone that night. And so they have finally got to keep him in there. You know what I'm saying? So uh, with the district attorney not prosecuting a whole slew of things now, it's kind of like they're turning our major cities into Gotham, man. 
And that's what all my laws say. That's what that's what they're doing, man. Hey, straight and, up. I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting for the Joker to pop out. That's yeah. what I'm waiting on. No, and it's Gavin. He's in Gavin. He's Gavin Newsom, man. He's in. He, <laughs> there's a whole host of them. They got Beetlejuice out there. They got Gavin. Anyway, let me not get crazy. Oh, but bro, that's hilarious. Yeah, man. That's what they're doing, man. It kills me because. You know, freedom without responsibility is death, man. I believe the same thing Viktor Frankl said, man. There should be a statue of responsibility on the West Coast to balance out the statue of liberty because freedom without responsibility is always death, man. You got to have accountability. Tell me about it. Tell me about it. That's some real stuff. Advice to officers today, man, that are out working, working in this game. Great, great, uh, great question. And, um, my my best advice is hang in there, stay motivated. The pendulum is going to swing back. I know it's hard to show up right now. I know it's hard to go to work. I know it's hard when people are always cussing you out. I know it's hard when people are always flipping you the bird. I know it's hard when you feel like you don't get enough uh, respect as you deserve. But let me let me tell you, we didn't do this job for respect. We didn't do this job for thank yous. We didn't do this job to go out there and be publicized and just say, look at me. We did this job because we knew that there are evil people out there that are preying on innocent victims. And so what I want you to remember is that regardless of what people say, regardless of what people are going to tell you, people are always going to dial 911 because they need you. And remember that. So when you respond to that crazy call, when you respond to that dangerous situation, remember people are still calling 911 because they need you. And that's the reason we signed up to do this job. We didn't sign up for any other reason. So don't get me wrong. It's not going to be frustrating. It's I'm not saying it's not going to be frustrating. I'm not saying that it's going to be easy, but just remember, we didn't sign up for the praise. We honestly didn't. Because if we signed up for the praise, we would go out and do another job, do do another job, another sport, whatever it may be. We signed up because of the selfless service that uh, is required by people to go out there and help, you know, the, 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 innocent people in our community. So my, my best advice to new officers or officers in general, stay motivated, stay in the fight. But I also tell you this is if you want change, you got to be the change and in order to be the change, you got to understand what the change that the under change, the change that needs to come. There it is. There, there it is, is man. Boom. That's what's up. I love it real quick. My main man to sue you Kuva up in here talking about, you don't care about black people and you're black. Yo, you want to go first on this? Or you want me to oh, go first let's do it, man. Okay. Boy, oh, man, I've been Stay waiting there. for somebody. Hey, real quick, just for me personally, I've been black and black my whole entire life. I got tattoos. I haven't had negative contact with police officers, man. I'm uh, I'm Bahamian, you know, so I was born in the Bahamas. Um, and then I, you know, immigrated, I guess, over here because my mom was from Washington State. So I grew up in like white neighborhoods, I grew up in black neighborhoods, I grew up in Samoan neighborhoods. Um, And what I would say to that man is, I'm a black man that has never had a silver spoon in my in my in my in my mouth, man. When I go to the Bahamas, I'm an American. So they're like, oh, you soft. So I had to fight Bahamian kids all the dang time because they thought I was soft. And I come over to the US and I'm like the only black kid in all these different environments. So I had to like always fight. And I was always like the only one, you know what I mean? And so I had to earn my stripes everywhere I went. And what I learned from that is that there's nobody who can hold me back but me. Nobody, absolutely nobody. If a white dude wants to be prejudiced, then guess what? That's his business, you know what I'm saying? That's not my business. I'm gonna win anyway, no matter what anybody puts in front of me. And it's between me and God, and that's it. So my whole brand, homie, like everything I do is, I want to show black people that there's another way. I wanna show them that, yo, if you do what I do, you say what I say, you can have what I have. You don't have to be a baller. You don't have to be a shot caller. You don't have to be any of those things. You can literally 
say no to the mental plantation and the programming that you're getting from the media and you can create something no matter what. So I went into the military. I fought for everything I got. I almost died. I got hit directly with five different IEDs. I had an out-of-body experience. I came back. I became an entrepreneur by the grace of God and built multiple companies and, and endured different little negative contacts with white people, negative contacts with law enforcement. I never let any of it hold me back. And I've created an empire as a result by the grace of God and hard mm. work, being a good steward. Oh, and all I want is for black people, especially, and everyone else to see what an imperfect man can do with his life if he just mm. does the best he can. Just Amen. do the best you can, man. Make contributions. He preaches. So the whole, my whole everything is like, I just want him to see, and I wanted to, the glory to be to God, but I just want him to see like, hey, here's what a mediocre man can do. You know, here's what a black man can do. I want black kids to look at me and be like, yo, I could be like that. Like, I don't have to be like this because I'm watching BET and all this other trash. Like, I could be like that, you know? So yeah, I want to be a man. living example, you know what I'm saying, to the Black community to help Black people start really contributing to our society. Mm. That's my whole... I'm doing my this man. Really, Hey, I'm preaching. Anyway, just, so you know, said, just so you know, said Martin on here, he, that's my boy, so don't listen to it. He over here yeah. is playing around. He's wilding out. He's, he's stirring the pot. Yeah, he's stirring the pot. But, so my turn now. So... Man, what you said, man, it, it, you are so spot on. And me and Seth have actually had this conversation many times. First yeah, and man. foremost, I'm going to let you guys know, yes, I am a black man. I have two black parents. And like you kind of said, I'm not from another country, but I faced yeah. my whole life is that with white people, I'm black. With black people, I'm not black yeah. enough. Yeah, yeah, and so yeah. it's gone in, yep. between, it's in between. And so, you know, it used to bother me. But when I found out and when I realized that I'm made in the image of Christ, race was never no longer a factor right. for me. Because now I can go out there and do whatever I want. Does that mean I'm not going to face some adversity? Of course yeah. I'm going to face adversity. But the reason I face adversity is not because, you know, somebody's put me down because I'm black. The reason I'm facing adversity because it's going to make me a more stronger man than I need to be for the next challenge in life, which is going to be probably to go out there and help somebody out. So, you know, don't get me wrong. Is it going to be harder for certain people out there? Yes. But stop using that as an excuse of why we can't succeed. I know so many successful African-Americans, Asians, white, Hispanics, you name it. And a lot of their success is not attributed to the color of their skin. A lot of the success is attributed to the work that they've gone out there and put in. A lot of people that follow me, they don't understand. The one thing that they don't understand is they don't understand the early mornings I wake up. They don't you understand know. the late nights I go to sleep. They don't no. understand the amount of times that I'm away from my wife and children. They don't understand all the sacrifices that I have to make in order to go make somebody else better. But they automatically just say, oh, I got that because I'm lucky. I got that because I sucked up. Don't don't tell me that because you weren't there all those times that I had to make the sacrifices. The motto in my house is a short-term sacrifice for a long-term gain. So if you ain't willing to sacrifice, then don't come at me and talk about, oh, you're not black enough or you're not sticking up for it. No, I'm out there doing what I was called to do. I'm out there putting in the work. You know, it's easy for everybody to stand on the sideline and talk. Everybody can go out there and shout, talk about, hey, you should have dropped back left when yeah, you should have yeah. threw it right. Everybody can do that. But until you in the field, until you on the field, don't tell me what I'm not and what I can do and what I can't do. That's what actually got me here in the first place. Because I got a whole bunch of people tell me what tell I can't, what I do. can't do. Tell me what you I know. can't do. Don't do that because now you're going to put more of a fire underneath my butt and I'm really going to go out there and do it. I'm going to do it better than what I ever, that anybody ever could imagine. So, man, you guys get me. I'm ready to preach. Get my mic in hand. My mom is <laughs> right, in here. Right, right. You know, my, my thing is, y'all, yeah, is that true, I love man. when people say that, you know, oh, I'm a sellout or I'm, yeah. you know, I'm against black people. I don't love black people. Man, don't come at me like that. Crazy. You don't know me. You don't yeah. know my family. You don't know my 
mom. You don't know my dad. You don't know my cousins. You don't know the struggles I've had. You don't know the, the amount of times I've had to go to funerals to bury buddies because they were involved in gang violence. You want to talk about making changes in your community? Why don't you go out there and be the change in your community? Why don't we start there? Why don't we, instead of stop blaming the system, why don't we go out there and blame the people that are contributing to this system yeah. that are making it harder for minorities to succeed? So, yeah. Man, get me off my soapbox tonight, man. I'm glad you, whoever that was that said that, I'm, up, man. I'm, I'm ready to stage right now. So go ahead, bro. My and I think what people need to understand, man, is it's all love, man. I don't, I, I, I wish people knew how long you probably had to do and how long I had to do what I'm doing before even making a dollar. You know what I'm saying? I wish they, they knew how long it took us to create these different brands just working underneath the streetlights, you know what I'm saying? Because I know for me, you know, when they say overnight success takes 10 years, that's real, man. That's real. Like I had to become this dude before anyone would even pay attention for one second. And and the whole thing is like, it's like, I'm not even coming at you. I'm just trying to let you know that like, I genuinely love my people. I love myself. I love my God. And all I want you guys to know is that there's another way, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and like Ryan said, man, yo, Luck is when proper planning meets opportunity, man. You got to become this person because if you get this mic and you get this stage and you get this platform before becoming this person, yo, you will be crushed under the burden of the blessing that you got before you were ready. And God loves you too much to give it to you before you're ready. That's why we have to go through the desert first, man. That's so, man, shout, so shout out to you, Byron. Shout out to everybody that's following and watching this too. <laughs> yeah, shout man, out to Christine, Christine Devine. I see you on there. I appreciate yeah. you and everybody else that's following. This is, uh, this has been good. Let's see here. What would you say advice to guys who are considering getting into law enforcement now, man? You know, like it's more than just like I say with EP, I'm saying protection is more than just a job. It really requires a lifestyle. But, you know, and because because that's because the habits that we do outside of work are what are going to carry us when hard skills are required, when all the different things, when when it's time to pass that, that test, you know, but. What would you, so I say law enforcement is much more than a job. It's a calling now for sure. more boom, than boom. ever. But what would you say? Any advice to people that are like, well, I'm thinking about it, but it seems hot, you know, like. Yeah. For, first advice, first advice is go on to the commonheroproject.org. Yeah, so you can get, you can get that personal develop that comes to you every week. So commonheroproject.org. Yeah. Secondly, is you hit the nail right on the head, man. This is not a job. This is a calling. I learned that early on. The reason it's a calling is because you have to understand when you get into this profession, you are going to see some of the most heinous things that a person should not yeah. ever see. And no man should ever have to see. You are going yeah. to go on dying baby calls. You're going to, yes, just yesterday at my department, three of my partners went onto a call where a baby passed away because she, they were accidentally smothered by her parents when they were sleeping. That's not something that you should see. You know, I've gone on about a, a couple months ago, I went on a call where it was a traffic collision and an 18 year old young lady uh, burned to death in the driver's seat. I saw that just like you saw so many things overseas. And so, and then not only that, Think about all the stuff with social unrest when people call you a pig, when people flip you off, when people say F12, when they say all this other stuff, and they're saying it not at you, but they're saying at a badge, you're saying towards a job that you do. And so if you are not able to deal with that, you are not going to last long. And so you have to truly be called to this profession. You have to be willing to go out there and put your put other people before yourself. You're gonna have to be able to put other people before your family. And that's a hard one. That was a hard one, even for my wife to understand because she realized that every day when I leave the 
house, there's a possibility that I may not come back home because somebody wants to take my life. So ultimately what I'm doing is I'm putting the other people in this in this world before my own wife and before my three kids at home. And so you have to be able to accept that calling on your life. But not only do you have to do it, but you also have to be able to have your family has to be willing to allow you to do that. But you do that. I guarantee you this job is so rewarding when you go there and you're able to revive a dying baby because you pulled them out of a pool from drowning. When you show up at the domestic violence call for service and you're able to put away somebody that was getting ready to kill or murder somebody that's been a victim of domestic violence for years. When you go on that call, you're able to be able to go out there, interact with the community and change the way they view law enforcement. That's what makes this job worth doing. That kid, that does not have a value to it. That doesn't have dollar bills or dollar signs attached to it. That's a feeling that you will never be able to receive. And so I tell people this all the time. If you want to go into law enforcement, although it seems crazy, although it seems like the building is burning down, right now is the best time to get in law enforcement because you have the ability to go out there and really, literally change this profession from the inside out. You know, my my cousin told me a long time ago, when everybody is running away from the burning building, trying to get away from it, I'm actually running towards it because I realize that once that fire is out, I'm going to be able to go and figure out how to rebuild this building better and build it to my, you know, my my values and stuff like that so right now is the best time to be a police officer it's hard but go out there and do it it's a selfless job it's not a job but it's a calling love it that's fire man and i think i think the racism thing and the prejudice thing and because of the same thing and the negative contact you have with people that have prejudged you because you're behind a badge and you wear a uniform i think it's the same thing the way we fix all of it man give people positive contact with you, no matter what race you are, no matter what culture you're a part of, you know, uh, we're all a human race, but no matter what culture you're a part of, you know, I think that's really the key, man. Cause I remember my grandparents used to tell me, Byron, you're going to have to be twice as smart. You have to be twice as good to get half as much respect, you know? And that was the old code, man, before pop culture got in here, got us thinking that we're all these people that they created and put on TV to make us think that we're them, you know? But you and, you know what's funny about that real quick is, and yeah. I'll, I'll be quick, but I remember my dad would always tell me, you're gonna have to be better, you're gonna have to be smarter. And he was saying a lot of it because of my race, but yeah. now even looking back, I think it's deeper than that. Yeah. You're gonna have to be smarter, you're gonna have to be bigger, you're gonna have to be faster, all that stuff, not just because of who I am and my race, but more so just because if you want to have success, you got to be better than the average person. That's yeah. what success is built on. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you're going to have a lot of sleepless nights. You're going to have yeah. a lot of times you got to wake up early. And mm-hmm. in order to be successful, you got to do those things, man. So yeah. If you want to be somebody, that's the bar anyways. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. But when that person's sitting there judging you and you, cause you got a uniform on, you need to deal with them in such a way that if they have anything bad to say about you, that's because of them. That's their business. You know what I'm saying? Like you, they literally, you, you, you know, you dealt with them so right that they just at the end of the day, they're like, well, you know, I just don't I love like doing cops. That. I just don't <laughs> like cops. You know, that's well, you're cool. Well, you're yeah, cool. I don't you're, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> You've been there. You've already been there. Exactly. That's what I'm talking about. And that's what we all need to do. White, black, yellow, orange, pink. We need to be like, yo, you know what? I'm going to treat people in a way that they ain't going to even have anything bad to say. I got the door for you. Come on in, sir, ma'am, boom. And that's how we fix these things and be like, man, and, and I experienced it in the Marine Corps. Well, I just, I never liked black people because I didn't know any, but like, you're cool, man. And the next thing you know, <laughs> like, I guess I just didn't know black people. And then that's how we bridge these, these. Barriers. 100, man, 100. What would you say is your favorite quote mantra saying? You know, I mean, I'm going I'm to go scriptural. I'm going to go scripture, okay. you know, because this, this verse, there's two. Uh, first one is Romans 12, two. 
And it yeah. says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Yeah, and the man. reason that is one of my been one of my life's verse, because that's what we're actually living right now. Everybody's yes. conforming to a side. You're conforming because of political pressures. You're conforming because of pu- public opinion. And so instead, for my life, what I've chosen to do is I've chosen not be conformed, but be transformed to the renewing of my mind, meaning that every single day I have to go out there and do the right things for the right reasons, because it's the right thing to do from a moral and ethical standpoint. And as long as I continue to meditate on that daily, then I will never be conformed to this role, but I always have my mind on my father's business who's in heaven. So that's the first one. The second one is uh, Ephesians or not Ephesians is Philippians four, six, which says, be anxious for nothing, but through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and he'll give you this peace that surpasses all understanding. And the reason I say that is because is sometimes we are not going to understand why things happen in this world. Sometimes we're not going to be able to wrap our head around why that baby had to die because or drown in the pool or the baby got hit by a car. We're not going to be able to wrap our mind around why this guy went out there and did a triple homicide. But one thing stands true is that sometimes we're just not going to know the answers to everything, but God promises to give us the peace that's going to surpass my understanding. And so we don't always got to go look for the answers and everything. Sometimes it's just good to just settle on the fact of knowing that everything happens for a reason. And so those are my two quotes, Romans 12, two and Philippians four, six. Love it. Those are fantastic, man. I'll say this part for the end, but no, I love what you're putting down here, man. Good stuff. Good stuff. How would you like to be remembered? Uh, we have a closing uh, question, so we going deep again, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna make it simple, man. I just want to yeah. be, I just, I just want to be a man that was known for putting Jesus Christ first and everything that he did. I want to be a man that was known as being the best husband to my wife. I want to be a man that was known as being the best father to my children, and I want to be a man that was known as being the the man that impacted and re- literally changed the face of modern day policing. Outstanding. Outstanding. You're on the way to do that, man. Hands down. You're doing more than your part, which is beautiful, man. That's that's good stuff. Uh, habit that you think people could possibly implement in their lives would make them better protectors or better people? Go Something. golfing once a week. I'll just play. Go golfing <laughs> once a week. <laughs> All right, cool. What, what you got? Oh, man, I might get you divorced. Um, uh, you know, best habit is just always focus on developing you. So it might be uh, reading. It might be uh, listening to the Instinctive Podcast or Byron's hey, Podcast. Hey, uh, it might be subscribing to CommonHeroProject.org. Uh, but really, realistically, man, my best habit is just always trying to figure out a way to improve me. And so sometimes it's not about work. Sometimes it's not about the law enforcement. Sometimes it's just about being a better husband to my wife. Sometimes it's about being a better family member to my family, my mom, my dad, my sister. Sometimes it's about being a better dad. But as long as I'm just trying to figure out a way to be better personally, I think those are the best habits that you can create in your life. And those habits will always change because at every during life, you're always going to have different seasons. There's going to be a time where you like to read books. There's going to be a time where you like to listen to podcasts. But as long as you're moving forward, you'll never have to worry about being stagnant or going backwards. 100%. The best investment you can make is the investment in yourself. There's just no, there's nothing beyond that. That's where this thing starts and ends, man. That's, that's, in my opinion, that's gospel. You know, when you're looking to the quality of your life will be based on the quality of the decisions you can make. And the quality of those decisions will be based on the quality of the information you use to make those decisions. You want to upgrade your life, you upgrade the quality of the information. You mm. upgrade that information, you upgrade your life. And that's the game. So, nah, man, that invest in yourself piece is huge, man. It's, that's good stuff. I love yeah, it. I just got to highlight one thing for all the people that, that listen to this. 
Yeah. Don't you guys think that Byron has a radio voice? Oh, yeah. Like, like, <laughs> like, like, my man got a golden voice. Like, my man just sounds like Theo from 92.3 to beat back in the day. If y'all don't know what that's that what's is. That's up, but. man. No, I appreciate it. Now, I got these allergies trying to mess with me right now. So, you know, maybe I got a little more bass in that voice right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you, brother. Well, man, what are you up to these days? Where can, we, where can people find you, man? Plug away. So uh, you guys can find me on Instagram, obviously, right now, Breaking Barriers United. Uh, you guys can find me on TikTok under Breaking Barriers United, Twitter at, uh, uh, shoot, Breaking B or something like that. Just look me up. Look up Ryan Tillman. And then uh, YouTube under Breaking Barriers United. We have a podcast that I do with my brother from another mother, AJ, or you can follow him. He's, oh, no, it's a popo. But our... our um, <laughs> Yeah, our, our our podcast is called uh, It's Needed, so follow us there. And then I'm also, uh, I work for Chino PD, so that's no secret. Uh, it used to be, I used to try to keep that a secret, but that's no secret anymore. I work for Chino PD. <laughs> can't even hide it. Uh, can't hide that no more. You you Google Ryan Tillman. Oh, my, my IG just cut off, so cool. you Google that. Um, yeah, so you can find me on IG or uh, what do you call it? Um, yeah, yeah, so you can find me there, and I speak all over the place now, so that's nice. where I'm at. Are you able to save that video that just cut off on IG? I don't know. I got I got to charge my phone. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Well, we'll see. That's probably gone. Nonetheless, man, that was fire, bro. And I thank you so much for your time, man. It's it's an honor to be able to do this podcast with you for many reasons because of what you've done, the work you've done, the contributions you're making. But I'd say even most of all, man, because you're a man of substance, man. You're a man of substance. And uh, we come from the same place. We get our power from the same place. You know, and that matter, that means a whole lot to me, man. And I love that you lead with your faith out in front and uh, you're unapologetic with it. And 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 so there's no questions about it, man. So it's been an honor and a privilege to spend this time hey, with you. Hey, pleasure, bro. Pleasure, to, cool pleasure to be with you. Boom. Yo, what up? I hope you guys really enjoyed that episode. Hey, listen, in order to get more out of the brand, I want to encourage you to go join us on our social media platforms and join us at protectornation.com. We post different types of content on our different platforms at different times. Uh, you'll get blog posts, you'll get videos, you'll get real world combat engagements and things like that. So stay plugged in in order to get the most out of the brand. In order to support us, also go to protectornation.com and buy something or join forces with me on Patreon. You'll scroll down the homepage and you'll see the link. Uh, anything you can give counts, you know, think about whatever you would lose in your cushions or like spend on McDonald's this month, five bucks a month, whatever it is. Uh, that helps. That helps us make the world a better place by making good people dangerous. Anyways, this is Byron Rogers, protector by nature and by trade. And I'll see you on the next piece of content, whether it's a video or podcast out.